Well, thank you again. Thank you for this opportunity to come and share with you all, coming to share God's Word. It's a real privilege to, to be able to open God's Word and, and say, come Lord Jesus, come and speak to us this morning. I'm just going to pray that prayer again now, that as I speak, that God would use my words, use my words to, to, to bring a message that's from God himself. So Father God, we, we come to you this morning. Just pray that in this these next few moments, you would speak to us. You would speak to me. Thank you, God, that your word is a living thing. It is a light in the darkness, that it shines. And we just pray now that as we read your word, and that you would speak, you would use my words, that your spirit would be at work in our lives, your spirit would be at work in this place, in people's homes right now, and that you would speak. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Great. So, I'm going to find my clicker. Thank you, it's on the screen already. We're, you are looking at this Advent season at the moment from ancient of days. And I like the little tagline at the bottom there that says, yearning for the promised one. And it feels like we're in this whole world is yearning, isn't it? That is yearning for more, longing for more. We're in this season of, of yearning, of waiting, uh, of longing and seeking. And as Christians, we, we know who we're looking for. We're looking to Jesus. But the whole world is, feels like it's groaning and yearning for more in this season. There's this sense of what is going on in the world. God, what are you doing uh, in this land, in this world that you have made? And I'm, I want to encourage you this morning that this is a passage of good news it actually reads a bit more like a poem. Jem read it well, but it's, if you go away and read it, um, it's a real, like, it's almost like a psalm, really, as we read these words. Isaiah's been going through stuff, <laughs> and he's been speaking of a lot of negativity, is the wrong word, but he's been speaking the truth of God to the nation of Israel that are in a really tough place. They've been just in the wilderness, as it were, they're in this place of uncertainty. They're in this place of uh, what looks like doom coming. They're about to go into exile. They're about to be uh, overthrown. And so up till now, Isaiah has been speaking words of judgment, uh, and yet he's longing for a change of heart. He's saying, come on, can't you see? Can't you see that God's got more for you? Turn to me, seek me. He's been speaking about justice and saying, come on. You're not living the way that God has called you to live. He's speaking about God's kingdom. And so this morning, we see a little tipping point in Isaiah 9. We see that there's a change coming. And we're living in a world of change at the moment. We're living where everything seems to be changing. And we want normal, and yet we don't want the normal that wasn't great. We're looking for this change, this new life. And that's what Isaiah is speaking about this morning. He's saying, can't you see it? Can't you perceive it? Change is coming. God is coming. Jesus is coming. This baby that will change the world is coming. Some of us get a bit sort of change fatigue, don't we? I've, you've probably heard that used quite a lot recently. Change fatigue. What are we doing? Are we doing this? Are we wearing masks? Are we not? Are we going forward? Are we going back? What's happening? And it can be quite tiring trying to make these decisions in our lives all the time and yet someone said to me actually isn't it incredible how quickly we can change as people have you ever thought about it that way actually 
One moment we were living our lives as we thought was normal. Next minute, we're told to stay indoors. We're told to lock down. We're told to keep away from each other. We're told to wear masks and, and, and you know, shop for lots of loo roll and all of these sorts of things. And suddenly overnight, the world changed, didn't it? Now, you could see that as a really negative thing, and it felt hard and negative, didn't it? But isn't that amazing that people can change overnight? Isn't that encouraging? You know, I actually sometimes think, God, isn't that amazing that we can change as people so quickly? And yet God has made us to change, to become more like him. I'm not saying that we should change and go back to the lockdown things. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying, look at the potential that we have as God's people to change. If we are made in the image of God, if God loves us and has called us his people, isn't it encouraging that we can change? And so today, I want to talk about three changes that I see in this passage. Maybe one of these changes is something of, yes God, that is the change that I am looking for in this season of Advent. This is the change that I'm longing for you to bring for myself, for my family, for my community. With God, there is incredible potential to change. If we can change, because we're told to by government, guess what can happen when we're told by the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings that things can change? Wow, things can really change with God, can't they? So these are the three things I want to point out. My first one, if my clicker works, we might have to move it on. My left or right, it's not clicking. If someone can move me on. It's coming. There it is. There's my first point. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of deep darkness, a light has shone. A light has shined. God changes darkness to light. Isn't that good news this morning? That God can change darkness to light. Even in Isaiah's time where everything seemed grim and miserable, Isaiah sows the seed of the coming hope, the coming Messiah, the coming King. They didn't know who that was. Praise God, we know that the coming King is Jesus. There's this movement that's been happening from chapter 8 of Isaiah to chapter 9. This movement from darkness to light. Praise God, we have seen the light. We are seeing Jesus. He is in our midst at times we still feel like we're surrounded by darkness and maybe today that candle is burning maybe a bit dim and we say come Lord Jesus, come burn brighter come shine your light, come pierce the darkness, God be with us, the light that shines in the darkness the phrase Isaiah uses is deep darkness, in verse 1 he even says nevertheless there'll be no more gloom for those who are in distress Man, he's got a cheery job, isn't he, Isaiah? There will be no more... Wow, these guys have been living with doom and distress. And God's word to us today is, there is no more gloom. Hallelujah, come on. For those in distress. Are you feeling in distress this morning? Are you looking around at the darkness and focusing on the darkness? And Jesus says, come to me. Come, come look at the light. Come and see that I have pierced the darkness. You know, the darkness cannot be over. You know, the light will not be overcome. Jesus is our light. It sounds a bit like Psalm 23 to me, that deep darkness, the darkness, the valley of the shadow of death. 
It's the same sort of phrase. Are you walking in that deep darkness this morning? Are you fearful of the things around you? Come to Jesus. His light has shined. His light is shining. His light will continue to shine for eternity. And my first point is, where do I need, where do we need God to change the deep darkness into his glorious light? Where do we need Jesus to shine today in my life, in your family's life, in your neighbourhood, in your street, in your school, in your workplace? Lord Jesus, would you shine your light? Would you change our fears, our worries, the distress that surrounds potentially? Would you change that? This amazing potential we have with God for things to change. Would you change it to peace and hope as these candles represent this morning? Would you shine your light? Would you shine your life into our lives? That's my first point. God, would you change darkness to light? My second point is again from Isaiah 9 verse 3. It says this. You have enlarged a nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. My second change that I believe that God can bring to us is an increase in joy. Isn't that good? That God can bring an increase in joy. We sing about Jesus bringing joy to the world. The Lord has come. We pray, don't we, for ourselves and for this world and our nation that joy would be increased. And I think sometimes we can read joy as going, oh great, I've got to feel happy when I come to church. I've got to put on my smile face. I've got to pretend behind my mask with my other mask that I'm really happy as a Christian. I don't think joy is that. I really don't. Joy is about knowing in your knower, as my wife Fiona would say, knowing in your gut that God is for me, that God loves me, that God has made me, he has a plan and a purpose for me, he has saved me, he's, Jesus has done it all for me. That is the joy that we have. Whether it's the worst day, the best day, we can know that increased joy of knowing the love of God. You have enlarged a nation and increased their joy. Praise God. God is increasing our joy. In this season of waiting for Jesus. We are saying, come Lord Jesus, increase the joy. And strange that the things that he asks them to rejoice in, what does he say to rejoice in? Rejoice in the harvest. Oh yeah, I love a bit of that. Thank you God that your provision, rejoice in the plunder that we've just <laughs> had from destroying our enemy. That, interesting, isn't it? But again, it's God's provision. And I maybe wonder for you how, how much when you're out and about, you're walking to school, you're going, uh, driving around the neighbourhood, walking down the canal, uh, walking through town. How much do you just notice what God is doing? How much do you notice God's goodness? How much do you just breathe and go, God, thank you for providing Morrisons to help feed me. Thank you for the people around me. Thank you that you've created a beautiful blue sky today and cold mornings. God, you are good. If we're always just focused on the darkness, hey, guess what? We're going to feel dark and low. So a friend of mine who I work with uh, at Lee Abbey, he says, try smiling when your chin's down like that. Come on, you can try it if you want. Try, try, try and smile. 
You can't do it. You've got to lift your head. You've got to lift your eyes up and go, God, I thank you that I'm alive this morning. I thank you that there's breath in my lungs. I thank you for my brothers and sisters that are around me. I thank you for today, this life that you've given me. We lift our heads and we go, rejoice in the Lord always. This is what Paul says, and he's writing from prison at this point. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And just in case we're not sure, he says, again, I tell you, rejoice. Come on. We need to lift our eyes to him. We need to lift our eyes to Jesus and rejoice. It doesn't have to be the big stuff. It's noticing all the small things of God's goodness. He promises to increase our joy, our knowing who we are in Christ, our knowing that I am a child of God, that I have been called by name. God is good. Maybe we need others around us sometimes to help us, don't we? Sometimes it's hard to lift your own head up. And sometimes you need others and say, come on, pray for me, walk with me. Let's go for a walk. Notice, point out things of God's goodness to me. Stand with me, walk with me, help me, show me. It's not always easy. I'm not saying it is. It's tough. But actually, if we lift our eyes to him, he changes everything. He increases our joy. That's my second point. My third point is, is this. Um, I couldn't find a nice image for this one. So this is from verse 4. It says, For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. You'll notice here the changes from burden, from heaviness, from weighting down, to freedom. That's another change that God brings in our lives. From a burden to living lightly. Isaiah reminds us about Midian, this defeat of Midian. It's in Judges 7, if you want to go away and have a look at it. It's this miracle of Gideon, with only 300 men instead of 30-odd thousand men, defeating these army. It's a miraculous intervention. It's a miraculous change. 300 soldiers against thousands. And yet God delivers them. God makes a way where there is no other way. And so Isaiah is saying, this is how miraculous it's going to be. When the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords comes, it's going to be just as miraculous. There's going to be such a radical change. There's going to be this deliverance, this saving from God himself breaking the yoke. I don't know if you know yoke. Uh, sort of the yoke is what would strap two, uh, two ox, two cows together and they would slog away in the fields dragging a plough. They would be shackled together and they would be heavily burdened holding that weight together. And yet what Isaiah is speaking about here is releasing of that burden. We are not alone God is with us this morning. Hear that this morning. God loves us. God is for us. His grace from Jesus, his death and resurrection, brings freedom, brings lightness. It restores relationship with God and restores relationship with each other. God fights for those that are oppressed. He is for those that are downtrodden. He is for the weak. He wants to right the wrongs. Just click on one more and again. I really felt as I was preparing this, as I focus on the words, uh, he breaks that yoke, he releases the burden, that I wanted to read these words to you. These have been on my office wall. Someone gave them me about four years ago. 
uh, and it's from Matthew 11. And I really sense that this is for a few people here this morning. It says this, Come to me, all you who labour and are heavily burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me. This is Jesus speaking to you this morning. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, and I, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke, my being shackled to Jesus, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. We could just click one more and see this one from the message version. I think really has spoken to me when I've had to dig deep and really trust God, really lean into him, really just trust him for everything. These words from the message paraphrase are really, really powerful. Maybe you could answer some of these questions. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I'm not going to lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. This is Jesus. This is Jesus speaking to us. And I really sense it's for, for us this morning, for me, again. I can get burned out. I can get tired of religion, just going through the motions. That's not what Jesus' good news at Christmas is all about. Jesus is about saying, come, come and walk with me. Come and learn with me. Come and journey with me. Keep company with me. Learn those unforced rhythms of grace. God's grace is amazing, isn't it? God's grace is for you and for me. It's not meant to be a heavy burden. It's meant to be changing us from feeling burdens to freedom. Freedom in Christ. So that's my third change. We feel burdened this morning and yoked and weighed down by stuff. It's not from God. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Walk with Jesus. Keep company with him. Notice how he walks and lives. Keep in step with what Jesus is doing. So those are my three points. And just to kind of finish, I just guess... You know, I've kind of told you this already, but I just want to remind us of how is all of this change possible? Is it about me just, oh, come on, working harder, being more, you know, oh, if I read my Bible more, if I prayed more, if I, oh, if I seek God. Yes, these are good things, but they can be a heavy burden. Instead, these changes come. The change from dark to light comes from these verses. The change of increased joy comes from these verses. The change from burden to freedom comes from Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us a child, a son, sorry, a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called, it's at the back of your wall there, he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, 
Prince of Peace. How is all of this change going to happen? It happens through our wonderful Counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. It happens in weakness of a baby being born in a stable. It happens through a baby, a child, this insignificant, potentially, child that's born in this little place called Bethlehem with lots of other things going on around it at the time. But God's strength, God's uh, darkness to light, the increased joy, this burden that's lifted, all happens in this insignificant, weak, wobbly star in the world of a baby. Jesus, the light of the world. He is the one that changes everything. The birth of Jesus changes everything. He transforms the world from darkness to light. He increases their joy. He lifts the burden. And so, today, we come to Jesus. We look to him. We're in this season of waiting. We say, Jesus, come. Come and change everything. Come and change my world. It might not be one of those three things that God needs to change in your life this morning. It might be that he's saying, just come to me. Come to me. Come and meet with me as we're going to meet around the table now. Come and meet with me at the cross. Come and be reminded of all that I've done for you, all that I've given you. Jesus has changed everything by being born into this world. He's changed everything through his death and his resurrection that brings us life. And so as we journey to Christmas, we look forward to remembering Jesus being born again into the world as the wonderful counsellor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. And so I guess my question to me this morning is, and to you is, how open am I to this Jesus? How open am I to Jesus coming and changing everything? Coming and bringing his light into those dark areas of my life? How open am I for him to increase my joy and knowing who I am? How open am I for him to lift the burden and to walk in step with Jesus? Just as we opened our service this morning, we said, Come, Lord Jesus. So we say again, Come, Lord Jesus. Come and change everything. (laughs) Come and keep changing me, making me more like you, maybe making me more like the person you're calling me to be. We say, Come, Lord Jesus.